0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why
0: not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warrior's Wrap-Up on 957.
2: Presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search.
0: John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside our San Francisco studios where the Warriors tonight uh, were defeated in Minneapolis by the Timberwolves. 99-84 is the final in this one, Whitey. It was all about a bad first quarter for the Dubs. 34-19 Minnesota in that frame, and it was a night where the Warriors couldn't buy a bucket from three-point range. Three for 20-20 on the night uh, and then they allowed uh, a lot of extra possessions and shot attempts in this game 9577 in terms of the overall shots and that was because of the job the Timberwolves were able to do on the offensive glass 17 offensive rebounds to the Warriors seven second chance points favored Minnesota 20 to 4ow a 16 point difference in a game that Minnesota would win by 15. Yeah, the Warriors tonight, they
2: were like January 2nd, flat leftover champagne from New Year's Eve, you know? You watched them and it's kind of underwhelming to say the least. If you remember back to Warriors Live, my key to victory was, hey, quick start tonight because you're playing a team that is without a lot of players, down six players, plus they were playing the Timberwolves were their third game in four nights. That is not what happened. It was Minnesota. They got off to the fast start. And the Timberwolves uh, holding on from there to post a victory over the Warriors, despite a few glimmers of um, optimism, a few positive signs for the Warriors, including Amari Spellman had 10 points tonight. Pascal, we had an Eric Pascal siding, 13 points. Didn't shoot the ball well, but he did have 13 points and seven rebounds. Jacob Evans scored nine, and Bucketman himself, Alan Smilagich, with seven points. And he had, a for the Warriors, a high
0: plus-minus of nine, team high, plus nine for Smiley Geach tonight. And the Warriors just uh, 84 points for them. And I think you know tonight was one of those nights where they really missed D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell, 52 points in the first meeting. What, he had 30, I believe, in the second meeting uh, that the Warriors won at Chase Center going back on December the 23rd and there are just nights where having a guy that is an elite scorer in this league help you, and uh, you know taking him away in this matchup, clearly he liked playing against the Minnesota Timberwolves this season, so you take him away, and it looked like the Warriors were maybe not 30 points short, but they looked uh, at least 20 or so points short of what they were going to need to be able to have a, a winning night.
2: Yeah, and the overtime loss to the Spurs, it was GR3 and Damian Lee and Burks that made up offensively for D'Angelo Russell's absence. But tonight, Glenn Robinson, well, he had 16. Now, that's a good game for him. But without D'Lo, they need more than that. Uh, But he had 16 points. Damian Lee, 4 of 11. Uh, He scored 10 points, missed all four of his threes. And Alec Burks tonight, again, that's a guy that the Warriors need, especially without D'Angelo Russell there. They basically need him to score at least 20, right? And he took five shots, made three of them, seven points for Alec Burks. So there's just no making up for the uh, offensive absence of D'Angelo Russell tonight.
0: 8 at 8, 9 7 9 5 7 9 5 Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Minnesota beats the Warriors 99-84, so they take the season series against the Dubs uh, by winning the two games in Target Center as uh, the Warriors were victorious in the one-game played in San Francisco of the three head-to-head matchups uh, this season. So the Warriors now 9-27. and They've lost three in a row after their four-game winning streak to begin that holiday homestand. Uh, and tonight was a night, interestingly enough, where you know, the Warriors got off to the bad start and it didn't ever really feel like they were in the game until maybe about the six-minute mark. They made a little bit of a push in the fourth quarter. Uh, But tonight was a night where it was almost as if uh, Steve Kerr maybe sensed that it was going to be a night that they didn't have it or or wasn't surprised by it once they got off to such a bad start. And he, I don't want to say packed it in, but he really used tonight as an opportunity to get more of the young players, I think, a little bit more run.
2: Yeah. And you could see how there's some upside there. What I can't figure out is looking at the Timberwolves they had five guys scoring double figures. Martin and Covington. Covington scored twenty, Covert with ten, Napier with twenty, and Nas Reed, he scored thirteen. And I you know again, that's a team that's short handed. I don't understand how, given that again, Minnesota played their third and four nights, how the Warriors were the team that came out tonight.
0: Looking just
2: flat. I just don't I
0: don't quite understand that. I think tonight is one of those nights where it's natural for any NBA team, even an NBA team as you know, with as many injuries and as depleted as this Warriors team is. I think there are some nights where coming off a pretty good effort and everybody would acknowledge that the way the Warriors played in San Antonio, although the Spurs really record wise are not that much better than the Timberwolves at this point, although they do currently hold the eighth seed in the Western Conference. The Spurs have that, and we talked about it on Warriors Live. They have that name value in terms of when you see that jersey, you think, hey, this is a bigger game, because they've been in the playoffs for 22 consecutive years. And Greg Popovich is still standing over there on the sideline. I think tonight, frankly, is a night where the Warriors, after a pretty quality effort shorthanded in San Antonio, got to Minneapolis and and looked at, who was actually playing for the Timberwolves in this game, and I think they thought they could mm. kind of show up and at least hang in the game to have a chance to win it late, and the reality is you can't do that. Uh, this, I would put tonight's game right there with the Atlanta game in Atlanta and the Charlotte game in Charlotte and maybe the home games against Memphis and the Knicks were... I, I think the Warriors almost thought, we can show up and win this game, which clearly they did They can't do
2: So it's almost as if, if I hear you right, you're suggesting that this game was a a perverse version of a trap game to some degree for the Warriors. Uh, I see where you're going. Uh, Very strange. We talked earlier, we talked before the game about how Doc Rivers says, I'd rather be the team without my players because uh, when you're without your guys, you, sometimes you bring more effort. The other team overlooks you. But the Warriors are hard to figure out. They've been without their players, and we never know, or at least I never know when the scrappy Warriors are going to show up. Did you think they were showing up tonight? I actually
0: didn't. You did not? No, okay. I didn't. And that's why I know you asked me on Warriors Live, are you going to guarantee a win tonight? And I said, no, I'm really not. And the reason I was not was because I thought you know, this was going to be one of those nights where the Timberwolves had the potential to be the hungrier team. As it turns out, the Warriors probably, if they were going to get a win on this trip, they were either going to have to play the game they played in San Antonio tonight or just flat-out win the game in San Antonio once they had an opportunity to do so down the stretch. Well, I know one
2: game is not going to make that much of a difference one way or the other. I say this a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but... The Warriors missed a chance here to make Karl-Anthony Towns even more unhappy. The more they lose, the more unhappy he figures to become. The more unhappy he is, the more likely he asks for a trade. But with Minnesota winning tonight, uh, maybe Karl-Anthony Towns is a little less likely to demand that trade that he probably will never demand, that, but that we're all hoping he does.
0: Well and uh, you know D'Angelo Russell being unable to go against Minnesota is, is it, it was another chance for him to put right in their face everything that he has to offer. I mean he's played maybe his best basketball to yeah, this point. He's probably made his case. You're the right.
2: On the other hand he's probably made his case,
0: right? 888-957-9570 888-957-9570 Warriors wrap up brought to you by realtor.com the home of home search Warriors lose tonight. Timberwolves beat the Dubs 99-84 at Target Center in Minneapolis. So let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors. a very, 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 very short post-game press conference with the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, uh, as he met with reporters in Minneapolis.
1: I thought, yeah, late third and then early fourth. I thought our reserve unit came in and um, did a good job. Jacob Evans, Omari, Smiley, uh, Eric. These guys came in and picked us up and gave us a chance. But uh, overall, we just got outplayed. You know, we gave up 17 offensive rebounds. Um, got out-hustled. Um, just uh, didn't didn't have it, and it was disappointing. I'm sorry. Uh, They they competed harder than we did. You know, there was a possession early in the third quarter where – we had three or four guys underneath our own basket, and they had one, and they got back-to-back rebounds. I took a timeout right away in the third quarter. That was a pretty good indicator that we weren't fighting like we have been, and it was disappointing because we've had a good stretch of basketball the last few weeks. We've played very well, and um, so this feels like the exception rather than the rule. But we've got to prove that that's the case on Saturday. Do you think yeah, it's fun to put Smiley out there. You know, he's a very young player. He's uh, he's got a lot of energy, uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You know, he wants to be out there. He, um, he's got a long way to go. He's got a lot to learn, but um, he plays hard and he believes he belongs out there, and that's half the battle. Even though they thousands of stars, the shoulder valley having veteran guys like Navy are having to have been around the league No, we have we have veteran guys too. So it's just uh, they played a lot better. They played harder.
0: All right, so the Warriors drop uh, this one tonight uh, as they lose both games on the road trip. Golden State now 3-16 and 16 on the road. John and Whitey Gleason back in our San Francisco studios. Uh, Steve Kerr, Warriors got outplayed, out-hustled. But he sounds okay with it, doesn't he? They competed harder than we did. Yeah. Now, I know this year's not all about the wins,
2: but yeah, you're right. He says we got out-hustled. They competed harder than we did. It's disappointing. But it seems to be the exception rather than the rule. I, I,
0: well, he, recently it has been, right? I mean, I, when, I when's know, the last there's time? There's no he,
2: excuse, is there, for being
0: outplayed and out-hustled in an NBA game tonight? Well, I, I think, again, every team, Whitey, I think, has this from time to time. Fair every enough. team does it, whether you're the best team in the league. And look, there were many nights where the Warriors went out there and just kind of played, and it was loose, and they were able to, obviously, because they were so talented, get away with it and score a lot of points, even on nights where they didn't play well. But there were a ton of nights where the Warriors would have played w- with an excellent team, a game very similar to one they played tonight, only won it 110-99. to 99. I would have liked to have heard
2: Steve Kerr a little more upset by the lack of hustle and the effort. I realize that big picture it probably doesn't matter. So maybe uh, I'm being old school here or grumpy at the beginning of the new year. This isn't the first time after a loss like this. I was hoping to hear him get a little more upset. So that that sits okay with you for him to say well, we got out of house, but you know what? That's been the exception. We've we've been playing well.
0: By golly. Well, they, these are the the games that I that actually bug me the most are the games like tonight sure, they yeah. are the games where you have a, a really good effort against a better team. Again, I don't think San Antonio is a good team by any means, but a better team than Minnesota and a team that was certainly healthier than Minnesota was coming into tonight. The, the, the games that do baffle me and do raise, I think, a little bit more of a concern are the games that where there's that direct correlation, right? Where it's, hey, you're playing pretty well. If you bring a similar level of play to this game, you are going, you will, will win the game, and then it doesn't happen. Those are the games that bother me more. But to Steve Kerr's point, uh, in fairness, Whitey, I mean, when's the last time that the Warriors really had a game like that? It's the Sacramento game at home on December 15th? Sure, that was one. Okay, they lost that game 100-79. Uh, and, you know, before that, um, you know, they have the – I think everybody was good with how they played in San Antonio. Everybody was good with the five games they played in the home homestand. Uh, everybody was good, uh, although that last game got away from them in the second half with, with Dallas kind of going off. Uh, you had the, the Utah road game, the Portland road game surrounding that Sacramento game. And then before that, I think there were four games that were among the, the worst, or four or five that were among the worst uh, in terms of games like tonight. To me, the Atlanta game was like tonight when the Hawks had lost 10 consecutive oh, yeah. games. Was the Charlotte dreadful. game, the Memphis game at home. I even think the Knicks game, although the Warriors came back and that game went to overtime before they lost it. I, I think the Knicks game at home would be in that category. So if you start to look at, that was December 11th, so basically three weeks ago yesterday – if you look at the span of three weeks and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games, the Warriors have had one game that you would put in that category. And that's tonight. But you're playing a
2: team, again, that was without six players, including their two best players, a team playing the third game in four nights. I understand that it's part of the NBA, and it happens. I understand that this year the Warriors are facing some unique challenges, and it's not all about victories. What bothers me is for the coach after a loss like that to say, oh, we got out hustled. and But that's been the exception. To me, it just speaks to how low the expectations are right now. And I have a hard time with that.
0: 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. As you listen to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, a radio.com sports station, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search, uh, the Timberwolves beat the Warriors. Warriors drop to 3 and 16 on the road as the Timberwolves win this game 99 84. A couple of notes and nuggets here, Whitey. First time the Timberwolves have won the season series over the Warriors since? 2012? 2004, 2005. Wow. wow. 15 years. Woo. 15 years. So you're talking KG? Since the Timberwolves, yeah in fact, the 0405 season broke the long string of years that the Timberwolves made the playoffs actually uh, without uh, that was I think the last year that, that Flip Saunders was the head coach of the Timberwolves the first time uh, and that uh, was a down year after a number of playoff years uh, for them with Kevin Garnett uh, and the Warriors are also 0 and 10 now when they score 99 or fewer points in a game, 84 tonight, but 0-10, uh, essentially one held under 100. Do you happen to know
2: how many points the Warriors scored in the final four minutes and 35 seconds? Any uh, idea?
0: that would be zero. None?
2: Okay, that would no be wonder. None. No wonder I don't have anything written down there. Okay, yeah. yeah. Nothing.
0: That would be none. All right, that's okay. That's the exception. Let's get to Kenny in San Lorenzo. Kenny is up here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Kenny, how are you tonight?
1: Good, how are you? Um... I wanted to uh, respond to uh, the comment about Steve Kerr's post-game interview, um, and it's, he sounded flat. But if he if he gets out there and gets all emotional and starts raising his voice and yelling about how bad his players played, then that's just going to make the play- that's going to sell out the whole team. The players are going to get upset that he's talking. Well, all right, thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah, we he got didn't that. mean to say that. You
0: got that right. Yeah, we got that. <laughs> thanks, Kenny. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: he didn't mean to say that, but that's okay. Right. He didn't mean to say it. It's a fair
2: point. And I'm not saying you call guys out, but I, I don't think it's unfair to call out your team and say, we have got to play better. You know, you don't want to say this guy did that or that guy didn't do this or, you know, it was Marshawn's fault <laughs> that we didn't get the playoff. You don't want to do that. But I, to me, I think it's okay uh, for a coach to say, you know, what? we as a team, we have got to play with more effort and hopefully we will in the next game. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm nitpicking. I would like to hear more of that
0: after a loss like this. But isn't there something to be said about picking your spots, even with this team picking your spots? I'm sure and there maybe is. Maybe even more sure so picking is. your spots to where it's like, okay, this is really maybe the second time in the last 11 games or the first time in, in the last, let's say, eight or nine games where that's been an issue. So you kind of give, you, you know what, end of a trip around the holiday whatever short-handed oh my goodness you give them, you just give them the benefit <laughs> of the doubt you give them one you give them one did you really drop an around the holiday on yeah, me why not I mean everybody else comes in here with a you know a little sluggish right I mean today was one oh. of those days where it didn't feel like you know, It was a holidays for Minnesota too it was and they actually had to play last night yeah and they are just exactly. as short-handed I get it I get where you're coming from I I just think that you know there's only so many clipboards you can break mm-hmm And, you know, once you pull that card too many times, especially with a team that is severely under-talented, you know, this is the other thing. It's not like D'Angelo Russell was playing tonight. Like, to me, if D'Angelo Russell is playing and you have a sloggy effort like that, then you got a little bit of a bigger problem. But when it's, you know, this young group of guys that's trying to fight and compete and you don't have it, I think you give them one benefit of the doubt.
2: All right. I've heard Coach Kerr do that before this year, and obviously he knows his team infinitely better than I do. I just would like to hear a little more irritation in the coach's voice after a lack of effort like we saw tonight. That's all right. Here we go. We got the
0: Detroit Pistons coming in, right? Pistons are in here, and then they go to Sacramento, uh, and then home for the Bucks and the Clippers. So it's going to get – you're going to get a couple of real tough tests here coming up. All right. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. 888-957-9570, 888 957 A little bit of a bounce-back game for Eric Paschal tonight. Yes. Uh, I know we were talking about him a little bit before the game. Uh, he's just kind of dropped, uh, you know, whether it's been injuries or maybe looking like he's hit a little bit of a rookie wall. Uh, I know it's probably a little bit early in the season for that, really. Well, not but not
2: necessarily because he was carrying a very heavy offensive load early in the year, right? So you, you figure he would hit the rookie wall a little earlier maybe than you'd expect, plus with the injuries. And now it's interesting because his role has completely changed because he was almost the go-to guy early on in the season.
0: Yeah, but tonight to Eric Pascal 6-14, of 14, he goes for 13 points, scored 10 or more for the 22nd time. This season, he led all the Warriors subs uh, in the ball game tonight with 13 points, but uh, it was a night where the Warriors just lacked offense. Could it get it going offensively at all? today? Today's NBA is all about the three ball. Three of 20 ain't going to get it done. No, three of 20 not going to get it done uh, for the Warriors. And uh, Minnesota, uh, they knocked down 13 threes. So you're talking about a, a 10-3 advantage, uh, so a 30-point advantage in a game that the Warriors wound up uh, winning uh, or wound up losing by 15. They trailed by 15 at the end of the first quarter.
2: Yeah, 20 assists for the Warriors, 16 turnovers. They looked very tired and they looked very flat, and I would have thought it would have been uh, the other team. But uh, you're right, it's the holidays. So, you know, everyone's a little worn out. Right? Uh, is that what you're telling me?
0: I, look, I, <laughs> I'm just saying you can't... Look, tonight is a night where if I'm the head coach, I would, I would probably be a little bit more irritated by it. But I also get hundred percent why Steve Kerr isn't Yeah, because he knows what this team is, you know? And I think he, you know, all right. Tonight to me felt like one of those nights where it's like, all right, we don't have it. All right. If I, you know, all right, we don't have it. I'm going to just use the, I'm going to play some of the young guys, maybe a few more minutes. If we get back into the game, I'll figure it out down the stretch, but uh, it's just uh, going to be one of those nights. That's more about uh, development of the young guys and giving them a little bit of extra run because we don't have the Angelo Russell and Collie Stein and just, yeah, Let the chips fall where they may.
2: Yeah, I think it speaks to a realization on his uh, behalf that, wow, we're just so overmatched right now that you can't expect that they were playing over their heads or being asked to do more than they should be asked to do in the last game. So at some point, that's going to exact a toll on you. I think that's where this team is right now.
0: John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, eight at It's Warriors wrap up. We're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Warriors lose tonight by fifteen in Minneapolis. Ninety-nine eighty-four is the final uh, in this ball game, uh, as we mentioned Glenn Robinson the third. Sixteen points to lead the Warriors. Uh, Warriors uh, it was a rough night for them offensively. Uh, just 42%, uh, but a night where you look at the overall shooting of the Timberwolves as they shoot just 40%, then uh, all the second chances, uh, a problem uh, for the Warriors is the second chance points, 20-4 to 4 in favor of the Minnesota Timberwolves.
2: Yeah, they got off to that fast start, though. Yeah, they got off to that fast start. What
0: does this do to the Warriors in terms of the reverse standings? Yeah, let's take a look at the reverse standings. The Warriors right now uh, with Atlanta. Atlanta still 7-27. and So the Warriors now 9-27. and So Atlanta's got a one-game lead uh, over the Warriors uh, at 9-27. and uh, Now you look at uh, the Warriors back in the second position there. They remain in the second position. And then the Knicks uh, are in the third position. The Knicks and Cavs, though, now tied for that third position. Uh, and you've also got... Uh, the Washington Wizards in there at 10 and 23. So you've got some teams that have played uh, significantly fewer games than the Warriors have. So there's going to be a little bit of a catch up there. But Golden State's still in a spot right now uh, where they are one game back of the overall top spot in the reverse standings.
2: Let me read to you an assessment of the uh, draft prospects that is, that is not too glowing. And see what you make of this from Sam Vecini of The Athletic. Quote, this is not a normal top of the draft. To help put some things into perspective, I also asked a few people where they thought these players would be taken within the context of the last three drafts. Across the board, evaluators said that none of Wiseman, Edwards, Ball, or Anthony would have been taken over Zion Williamson, John Morant, DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic, Marvin Bagley, Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, or Jason Tatum. A couple said that they're in the same ballpark as R.J. Barrett, but most felt more confident with the Knicks rookie, end quote. That's not a glowing assessment. Right Now, of course, we don't know what these players are going to become, right? Evaluators like to think they have some idea, and it doesn't look like there may be that uh, franchise-altering player in the draft, but we just don't know yet. If that player is there, it may be LaMelo Ball. It may be
0: Anthony Edwards, but even now you can see there are big question marks. I also still think there's a lot of time for things to shake out still. I mean, it's very early. It's January 2nd. I mean, the draft is almost six months away, five and a half months away, plus some. So I I think, you know, as the college season plays out and the players playing overseas, their season plays out, I think you get more information. You bring guys in for workouts. I I just, I'm not as concerned when i read a report or hear a report as you read it with that on january 2nd if that makes sense sure it does here's the concern though if you're the warriors if this is true and there are a
2: lot of gms that feel that way if that's true um then if you're the warriors and you want to package that pick or trade it on its own in the off season and of course you'd want to wait and see where it slots after the lottery it may not be worth as much as you like to think it would be but again we'll just have to wait and see
0: all right john dickinson whitey gleason here it's warriors wrap up brought to you by realtor.com the home of home search we got your call of the game coming up uh and hopefully some more locker room sound from minneapolis as the warriors lose tonight to the timberwolves 99-84 and you heard it right here on 95.7 the game
2: Now, back to Warriors wrap-up on 95-7 the game.
0: John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, inside our San Francisco studios. Warriors lose tonight to the Timberwolves, 9984-888-957-9570. If you want to react to this one, as the Warriors now are 9 and 27. Uh, on the season. They'll be back home Saturday night to, to take on the Pistons. It's the Pistons at Chase Center and then the Kings in Sacramento before the Bucks come in to Chase Center on Wednesday. And then the Warriors will head to the Clippers and Memphis. Kind of an odd road trip, but a two-game road trip uh, for the Warriors where they will go from L.A. to Memphis. And then that's it. They come back and they play three consecutive home games uh, at Chase Center uh, after that. Uh, Whitey, I know you had some thoughts as uh, everybody continues to react to the passing of uh, NBA Commissioner Emeritus and uh, former NBA Commissioner David Stern uh, as he passed away yesterday. Uh, We'll get to that coming up here in in just a moment, uh, but let's go ahead and and head back to Minneapolis and hear from Glenn Robinson III, the Warriors' leading scorer in the ballgame tonight uh, as the Warriors were defeated
3: by the T-Wolves. We just got out to a slow start. Um, I think we got a. we've been coming out with some energy, coming out better. Um, you know, that's that's on us on the starting group. Um, <clears throat> second half, the second unit kept, kept us in it a little bit. Uh, Steve said he was <clears throat> tired
1: kind get that that
3: yeah, um, you know uh, some of these road trips, you know, um, long flights, but no excuses. You know, I think we got to be ready to go from the tip. Um, missing D-Lo, you know, we got to bring some energy, find a way uh, to get everybody going and involved in the game. Um, I thought tonight, you know, uh, last game we passed the ball a little bit more and sharing in energy and flow. Um, you know, we didn't really get to that in the in the first half. I thought our flow was just a little bit off.
1: <coughs> yeah.
3: Um, I thought we got some pretty good looks you know I think that uh you know we just played together a little bit more um you know pass it a little bit earlier you know um everybody uh we could have gave ourselves a little bit better open look um you know but uh you know you got some nights nice where you don't knock down shots but we got to stay together and, and uh, get some stops on defense and um you know I thought we still had an opportunity to win this game um you know so we just got to be a little bit better
0: all right, so Glenn Robinson, the third there. Slow start, 34 19. Timberwolves after one. That wound up being the difference in the game. Quarters two, three, and four. Although the Timberwolves did push the lead, Whitey, back up uh, uh, to as many as 22. And the game was in the 15 to 20 point range for a good portion. The, the final three quarters did wind up even. And the bench did give the Warriors a little bit of an infusion there in the fourth quarter to where the game did feel like the Warriors may have had a shot to make it close, but it never really got
2: there. Yeah, if there's a silver lining, and I don't know that there can be when you lose by 15 to the shorthanded T-Wolves, but if there is, it's that Spellman and Pascal and Jacob Evans and smiley all have their moments off the bench, as GR3 said. The
0: second unit uh, kept us in it a little bit. And a career-high tying seven points for Alan Smilagich. as he had seven now back-to-back Bucket games. In. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, smiley uh, you look at him and, and his line tonight. Uh, missed a couple of shots, but did hit five of six from the free throw line. Uh, still looking for that three ball. Uh, you know, still looking for the ability uh, to knock down the three. I know he banked the one in, but uh, missed a couple tonight.
2: Yeah, and, but he wasn't alone. As we've said, the Warriors three of twenty tonight. Glenn Robinson the third, in a way. Um, he really shows us where the Warriors are because he had overall, for him, 16 points. That's a really nice game, right? Mm-hmm. 7 of 14. He only made 1-3. but And he had he also had six rebounds. So that's a solid game. But without D'Angelo Russell, the Warriors probably need more than that out of him. And right now that's probably not fair to ask, but that's where they are.
0: Yeah, and tonight was the night where when you start looking around at, at you know, Guys that have been scoring that didn't really score. I mean, Draymond Green's been scoring more than, you know. He only took
2: four shots. He took four
0: shots at two points. I mean, he's been scoring right around double figures here for uh, a handful of games. And Alec Burks, somebody who's been, I mean, that's probably the big one. Alec Burks has been, you know, averaging 18 a game, and he winds up with seven uh, in the game tonight. So uh, it was a night where he only took five shots. Just a, a bad start, and it never really felt like those starters, with the exception of GR3, really had an opportunity to take enough shots to, to impact some kind of a comeback.
2: And Shabazz Napier, 20 points, only took nine shots. I know that the numbers say the Warriors defended. Certainly they defended well at times, but he, uh, he got to the rack a couple times as if Someone didn't know they were guarding him. I don't know what happened there. He he broke down the Warriors' defense a couple times, to say the least, tonight.
0: And there was a point where I think the Warriors had cut it down to eight uh, in that fourth quarter, and you're thinking, eh, well, maybe they could make this a game. The Timberwolves, uh, to your point, we were talking about it in here, they look tired playing on the second night of a back-to-back, and, and maybe... Where are they going to go for a basket? We're
2: starting to settle for some threes. It looked like, and and, then... and
0: Shabazz Napier just took the ball from the top of the key and yeah, dribbled right down the right. lane with nobody even close to contesting him for a layup, and and we both looked at each other like, all right, I think that's probably going to do you it. You have got to stop the ball
2: at this level, JD.
0: Nah, no, no, no question about it. So the Warriors lose tonight, ninety nine eighty four in Minneapolis. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Uh, Whitey, I know you had uh, some thoughts on uh, Commissioner Stern, who passed away yesterday.
2: Just a couple of things. Uh One, I remember in the, I guess this would have been in the 90s, when Commissioner Stern um, and TBS TNT agreed to a, a, a national TV package, and there were some who criticized the NBA and laughed at that. Ha, ha, ha. TNT, TBS, that's a cable network. And Commissioner David Stern was the first I ever heard who mentioned this, and he was right. He said, look, you've got some people who grew up in the cable era, and to those people there is no difference whatsoever between a cable TV channel and, say, CBS. And, see, I think it illustrated how forward-thinking he was. He realized that to a whole generation there was no distinction there. So there was no – it wasn't as if there was anything the NBA needed to be embarrassed about. The other thing was – um, and I don't, I don't know if you spoke to him. I had a chance to speak to him, did an interview with him when Sacramento was uh, trying to get an arena together. And it, w- he, it was a very good interview. And it, it, he was obviously very passionate about that. And, of course, he was very close at the time with uh, the mayor of Sacramento, Kevin Johnson. But the reason I bring that up is I think he learned from his mistakes. And I think Commissioner Stern, one reason... He expended so much energy on trying to keep the Kings in Sacramento. I think he really regretted what happened in Seattle. And I know Oklahoma City has become a really successful franchise, but I think the commissioner of the NBA, David Stern, learned something that the NFL refuses to learn. And that is, if you have a city that supports its team, even if they have some issues, if you're going to rip that team out of there, ultimately you're going to do damage to your league. And I think that's one reason why the Kings are still in Sacramento is because the commissioner learned uh, from his mistake in Seattle. Again, it's it's something that uh, Oakland Raider fans wish the NFL had learned as well.
0: All right. Well said. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. We roll on here. Call of the game coming up uh, as the Warriors fall in Minneapolis. Timberwolves beat the Dubs tonight 99-84. Warriors wrap up continues
2: on ninety five seven. The game.
0: John Dickinson Whitey Gleason here. Uh, ninety five seven. The game. What are you laughing about after a game like that? Warriors lose to the Timberwolves, 99-84. Do you want Robert Covington after the game he had tonight? Yeah, I'm. I'm pro Robert Covington on Would... this Warriors team. I still think at this point, saying all right, D'Angelo Russell. Some combination of you know D'Angelo Russell for Robert Covington and meeting another role player, yeah, probably probably need to try to get more than that. I was going to ask stage, you, so if you're the Warriors, do
2: you need a star player coming back, or do you can you envision getting enough role players slash future assets to make that doable from the Warriors
0: standpoint? I, I think you need a star. You want a star coming back. I think that's the hope. The hope is you get a star. So, or, or a guy that maybe isn't quite a star, but is immer- you know, on that path. they only have path. two, right? They only have two. On that two. path.
2: They have Wiggins and they have Carl Anthony Towns. Aren't they the only two guys that, that fit that description?
0: Yeah, and I think some would say Wiggins isn't even good enough sure, at this point. I know. I know. Although I know. having a yeah. better year you know, than he has the last few years. Yeah. You know, and, but some, I think many would say Carl Anthony Towns is the only guy with that trajectory at this point a guy that's either at that level already or is going to be at that level hands down here in the next year or two. I think there may come a point, though, where depending upon what the Warriors are able to do in free agency and terms of using their trade exception for Andre Iguodala, I think if you fill your roster with, other bench pieces that you like that you think are good fits, at some point maybe you would examine taking less if you do wind up trading D'Angelo Russell.
2: I agree, and it's just so it, it's just so hard to envision now. We're looking at it in a vacuum and we don't know what other pieces they would be acquiring, what other balls they'd be juggling, but I, I completely agree with that. I could see them swinging some sort of D'Angelo Russell for a couple of players, neither of whom is a considered a star of D'Angelo Russell's caliber and still being
0: um still coming out ahead in that deal, frankly. But I do like I do like Robert Covington as a player, and Robert Covington did have a nice game tonight. Very four nice. of eleven from three mm-hmm. point range. He was four mm-hmm. for four on his twos. Twenty and ten tonight. Twenty points, ten boards. Like I, I I look at Robert Covington as you know that's the that's the kind of starting small forward that you need. You know he's, he's that, not that, a can, that can pop that can play the power forward. Yeah. He's over thirty. Yeah. Yeah, right. You're at thirty, right? Uh, he was. He just turned twenty nine. Okay, so he'll be thirty next year. Yeah, so I think you know he's somebody uh, that I, I think if you had him and Glenn Robinson the third, and maybe you bring back an Andre Iguodala, something like that. If you had those three bodies to to lock up some of your three four minutes, I think that would be ideal. I think you want Covington, you want a guy like GR3, and you'd want maybe another veteran-type presence.
2: And just one more note on Carl Anthony Towns. We've been talking about it because it was reported that he's unhappy, as you probably know, and that the Warriors are monitoring the situation. We're probably going to talk more about it. But it really does not appear at this point likely that the Timberwolves would want to trade him. We have no indication that he has asked to be traded, I don't think they're going to trade him. I think, if anything, they're going to try to make him happier by building around him. So I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is going to get traded, no matter what you may
0: hear or read. Yeah, it doesn't appear likely. Uh, how about the, the wild prediction uh, for Chris Mannix of SI uh, earlier today, put out just kind of a bold, wild prediction for this coming decade, right? Yeah. and And he put out that – Essentially, Houston looks to move on if they get bounced in the playoffs again, and James Harden winds up as the fourth star with the Golden State Warriors.
2: I like Chris Mannix. I know you've talked to him. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Um, I, I talked to him semi-regularly for a while. I just want to say in, in his defense, I know some people have been – Kind of rolling their eyes at this. Well, he didn't yeah.
0: report it either, right? That,
2: right, yeah. and he—it's a bold prediction, so he made one. So yeah, he's not trying to pretend that there's anything to this. It's kind of tongue um, in cheek. Like, give me yeah, a wild prediction. That's a bold prediction. Give me a Florida. wild
0: prediction. Yeah. Hey, you know what? The Rockets may wind up deciding that it's time to rebuild if they can't get to a certain level this year. Right. And you know what? Wouldn't it be funny if he winds up with the Warriors considering all of their battles and how much Warrior fans love him.
2: Yeah. So I, I think it's uh, it provided us with a little entertainment value. That said, I if I'm the Warriors, I don't want Harden. And why is that? Um because well I know there are stylistic issues, but I'm more concerned with the fact that he just does not play defense. Uh, He's getting older now, and I think that he's in danger of wearing down because he plays a lot of games and a lot of minutes, and he works very hard for them and carries the offensive load. And plus, I just really don't care for him. So for those reasons, and I'm allowed to do that if we're if we're even talking about James Harden and the Warriors, I'm allowed to say I don't want him here because I don't like
0: him. I would I would make a deal for him and a hard heart. I understand team. that. And the and the deal by the way that that he threw out there, and again, Chris Mannix was not reporting this as you know the Rockets would consider it or the right. Warriors would want right. it or anything. It was just hey, give us a bold prediction, you know, for the coming decade. Like I'll give you one:
2: Jordan Poole, all rookie, first team this year. I'm not reporting it. That's my bold prediction. Wow. He's playing well at Santa Cruz. He may be back with the Warriors. Who knows? As soon as this Saturday.
0: You know, we were kicking this around before the show a little bit. And I and my thought was, and San Antonio came into the night 14 and 18. They did lose tonight. And my mine was going to be Warriors get back into the conversation for the 8th spot.
2: See that's Okay. That's a fun, bold prediction. Warriors
0: pull within three games of the 8th spot at some point. Between now and the end
2: of the season, you got to go manic. So, if you're going to go, go all the way and say they're going to be in, they're going to, they're going to be in it.
0: Well, it, it's crazy. If they had three more wins, like if they were even 12 and 24 right now, I would say it. It doesn't look that crazy. But if they were 12 and 24 right now, they would be three and a half out already. I don't think it's crazy to suggest that the Pelicans. If they get Zion back
2: and he plays well, that they could be right in the thick of that race for the eighth spot.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, you start throwing it around. I mean, they're three and a half out right now. Right. I mean, the Warriors are seven out. I guess six and a half, technically. Uh, Eight in the loss column. But you're looking at the Pelicans right now. Yeah, the Pelicans are only three and a half out.
2: Because you just don't know who's eighth right now. Are the Spurs still eighth right now as we speak? The
0: Spurs are still eighth. They're 14 and 19. The the Trailblazers, who have lost five in a row now, they had gotten back into the the Knicks. Yeah, They've lost to the Knicks. They've lost to the Pelicans. They've lost to the Suns, Mm -hmm. the last two of those at home. Both those teams,
2: my point is both those teams, uh, the Spurs and the Trailblazers, have what looks to be tough January schedules. So you just don't know how many wins you're going to have.
0: And it looks really—I mean, it—it it looks like this playoff race for the eighth spot. The one one thing that does come of it, Oklahoma City, nineteen and fifteen now. Wow. Yeah, I'm kidding. I mean, them. they're <laughs> I they're entrenched in seventh. I mean, yeah. they they almost could make a trade or two and still make it mm-hmm. at this point. You know, I've been talking about, hey, would they quit? Would they just tap out? Well, you compared them to what the Clippers did last year. Yeah, the Clippers were a team that everybody thought quit when they traded Tobias Harris. Well, yeah, they're they're quitting, and they got Chammett and and others, and it looked like wow, they're you know, and then they got better actually. They they had a little bit of a a lull, I think, for maybe a week or so, and then they got they just started winning games again. They wound up winning forty eight games, and you know. They pushed be- the Warriors a little yeah, bit. Yeah, becoming first round. a handful with the Warriors.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't think the eighth seed's going to need 48 this year. I don't know where we're going to end up, but. It looks like
0: at this point, the eighth seed might need 36. <laughs> oh, I know. 35. That's, why I say,
2: that's why I say the Pelicans may very well be back into this thing before long. Yeah. So I don't expect it, but it's
0: certainly possible. Pretty crazy. All right, yeah. let's get to our call of the game.
2: It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you
0: by Metro by T Mobile. Bowman off a rub screen, back to Spellman, fakes, drives on Napier, down the lane oh, to the rim and he it, and got fouled!
1: How about that, Tim?
0: Spellman, it didn't look like it was going to turn out too much, he got
2: between two defenders, all to the heck with this? It's going down, and Jordan Bell fouled
0: him. Yeah, Jordan Bell, one of those defenders, as Amari Spellman, yeah. Put it down, big man. Put it right in his grill. Was that a? It uh, was that a Bill Walton? A little bit of a Bill Walton callback, sure. Throw oh, down, big man. Yeah, Amari Spellman threw yeah. it down, and uh, you can throw down some Schroders Ooh. if you can correctly identify that call of the game. Uh, Nine thirty tomorrow with Joe Low and Dibs right here on ninety five seven. The game, if you can correctly identify that call, we just played the Amari Spellman jam. You'll win fifty bucks to Schroeder's Restaurant, 240 Front Street in San Francisco. The Call of the Game, brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile, the best deal in wireless. Bill Walton, I believe, was just at Chase Center.
2: Didn't uh, the Grateful Dead play there? there Oh. Yeah, I think he was there with Roxy. Okay. Yeah.
0: Very good. Yes. Nice. That would have been a hell of a show to see there.
2: Yeah, yeah uh bill walton i remember i saw him walking down the street one time remember remember a couple years ago they had him in the booth at the giants game i do well they've done that a number of yeah they've done that a bunch of years yeah yeah Yeah. boy he was a good player it's kind of too bad what happens when a guy plays and then he's a broadcaster and he's such a nutty offbeat broadcaster man bill walton could play basketball all right final thoughts on the game Final thoughts of the game. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing if the Warriors bring a little more effort when they return home, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Giannis at Chase Center next week.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Giannis, what, uh, about six days away, and then the Warriors will take on the Clippers and, and head to Memphis. That's an odd one. When you start, you know, like you go to LA and then Memphis and then you come back. Mm-hmm. That's one that I've I, every time I've kind of looked at the upcoming schedule. I go, why the hell did they do that? It, it's a usually the, the the leftover games, Whitey. Usually the leftover games, they save them for the end of the year. Like you might see a weird trip like that at the end of the year, but usually not in January. Memphis, another team that has to look around and go, you know what? We might actually have a shot at the seed, guys. Yeah, we just might. All right, that's going to do it for us. For Whitey Gleason, I'm John Dickinson. Thanks to Ryan Mouser. Thanks to Cody Pasby. Thanks to Alex Scott. Uh, Fox Sports Radio is coming your way next. Whitey, we will be back from Chase Center on Saturday with Jim Barnett prior to the Warriors taking on the Detroit Pistons. T-Wolves beat the Dubs tonight uh, by a final of 99-84. to Dubs now 9-27. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game.
2: Okay.